Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? We are on the last session of room design. So we've talked about many elements of room design, how that impacts productivity, learning, emotions, moods, all those things. And today we are talking about lighting. So I know you've all probably heard the term lighting to set the mood, whether that be maybe this romantic ambiance you're going for, you just want to feel relaxed, or you want to set up your environment to feel productive. But we often use and have used artificial and natural lights to really influence our moods. And and we know based on science that those things do really impact our moods. Um, So there have been some studies I've read in different journals. One that was evidence to find that lighting, depending on which source, really supports performance of students in class and optimizing lighting during even different times, like test taking or reading, and those like high energy, high intensity, high intellectual like times that changing the lighting has really um, improved or on the flip side, uh, depending on the, how harsh lighting is, uh, really made scores cool down. So just lots of interesting, interesting stuff there. But I don't think that we have fully adopted the importance of lighting in our educational environments. And I say that because we still use a lot of fluorescent bulbs and fluorescent bulbs have been researched to be pretty harmful to all of us because it's so unnatural. And think back to that hunter-gatherer state of being. We didn't have any fluorescent lights back then. (laughs) So it's a natural stressor to our brain and body without even really being fully aware of it. The natural or the natural, the fluorescent lights. Not only that, but they have that humming factor. And even if you don't really hear it, your, your body subcon- your brain subconsciously hears it and your brain takes in that stimulation. And if your brain is taking in that sensory stimulation, both through sight and through sound, you know, it's draining some of our mental energy. So trying to stay away from fluorescent bulbs. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about lighting and schools and classrooms and not, not even just schools and classrooms, but work environments, uh, your own environment, your home, and how we can change the lighting to um, help us to be more productive, more happy, more focused. All right. The first, let's talk about probably my favorite, which is natural lighting. And because this is natural, uh, what we were developed out of, again, back to the hunter-gatherer by human biology, we were familiar with natural light. We, our bodies kind of, they would, they wouldn't kind of, they did sync to the rhythm, rhythms of the light. So when it was light, we would wake up with the light. 
when it was dark, we would get ready for bed. And, and because of that, our, the way we developed, your body naturally produces serotonin when there is natural light. So those happier, calmer uh, chemicals and melatonin when you're in darkness or more dim to light. So that was, that's what would make you maybe, maybe more groggy, less, less focused. So good to use natural light to teach subjects where you want kids to learn or like during a lesson and then send them off into lower lighting for maybe the independent work. But there are so many, so many benefits. Um, in addition to like concentration, you've got just health benefits overall, overall uh, as well. And there's also just, oh, man, the, the natural lighting and how it changes our mood and how it changes the temperature and how it works with our rhythms. I mean, if you, if you if ideally, if we could not set an alarm, because alarm is a stressor to the body, that loud beeping that wakes you out of, out of sleep and rest. If we could wake up with the sun and go to bed when it gets dark, that would be most ideal. I think there are probably very few of us that actually do that. But lighting goes beyond just mood. It goes beyond just concentration. We talked about it impacts um, academic performance. It also improves student confidence and um, helps them to stay more focused and feeling more secure. And that makes sense. Again, natural lighting is normal to us. So it helps us to feel safe and secure in our environments. And we've, we've seen kids too in artificial lighting, maybe quicker to frustration or emotions that are less able to be controlled. And again, that's because their, their, their stress response systems are, are being activated in micro doses. We just don't recognize it because we don't think about how lighting really impacts us and our moods and our ability to control emotions. So if you can find a space, a classroom, a home, a workplace, whatever, the, the more windows, the better, uh, or uncovering windows, or just finding ways and sources of natural light to get into the room. And if you don't have any natural windows, lights in your room, I would try and supplement with warmer lights. Um, so lamps, or even moving the class to an area in the building, in a building, or moving yourself into an area in, in the office or, or in your home, where there is more natural light to do those uh, more cognitively demanding tasks. You can also use LED lights. So sunlight has many, many benefits. And, and um, unfortunately, most of us are forced to spend most of our days in rooms or classrooms with no access to that sunlight. So we default to that artificial light. And like I said, fluorescence not ideal. But LED lights can save the day. They are the best man-made solution to natural lights. And they have the same fluorescent, same brightness as a fluorescent bulb, but they produce cooler temperatures. So that's the thing with fluorescence is they heat up a, a space and make it warmer. We talked about in a previous episode, how temperature really impacts productivity, focus, learning as well. And if a room is too hot, when there's lights beaming on you, you feel too hot, but LEDs don't do that as much. So they are shown to have the greatest benefit to student behavior. They also don't usually flicker. And again, back to fluorescence, they typically do. So better for LEDs because they don't flicker. So they're great solutions for kids with sensory uh, needs. They're also eco-friendly. LED lights are produced in such a way that they don't need to be replaced as much. So usually 80% fewer than a fluorescent bulb. And they are typically manufactured in more eco-friendly 
environments. So it saves you from having to buy bulbs. Yes, they might be more expensive, but you don't have to buy bulbs as frequently and you're helping the environment. So think about the investment that you're making with and to and on the environment. So then becomes the question is, is yellow or is white light better? So LED lights, as you might know, come in a broad range of colors and temperatures to cater to your personal preferences. And if you go back and listen to my color episode, you'll know maybe how the different colored LED lights will influence mood. But um, this cool whitish lights produced this heightened alertness and enhanced academic performance, whereas the, the warm yellow light made people feel more relaxed and helped to perform better on those independent work activities. So that's something to take into consideration with LED if you want white or yellowish, um, the differences between the two. Again, white produces heightened alertness and enhanced academic performance. Yellow makes people to feel more relaxed, helps people to feel more relaxed and helps them to perform better on independent work activities. But lighting is such a fundamental part of classrooms, workspaces, offices, and something that's so underappreciated and overlooked. So really trying to be mindful of that. And just seeing how kids' bodies respond and asking them for input too. Uh, it's a great option. Can really boost their morale, boost their confidence, self-esteem. They feel like they're in control and we ask them how they feel. And you can also encourage uh, parents or you can even get these for your own. It's like LED desk lights uh, to use at home, to use at school, to do homework. It really helps them to focus and concentrate in their those big classroom lights, but these smaller LED lights. And good for you to also maybe start dimming lights if possible or turning them off even when it gets closer to bedtime. So maybe like around the time you brush your teeth, to get ready for bed, making sure that your lights are off or you're using like the smaller LED lights um, so that your body can relax so that melatonin can be released and you can drift into that state of sleep. And, and we can thank our natural rhythms, body rhythms for that. So there you have it, lighting and the brain. <laughs> if you explore lighting possibilities or you think about your own lighting or you research a little bit more, I would love to hear what you learned. So definitely let me know in the comments below uh, what what you learned and what you changed and that takes us to today's listener question which is um, how to help teachers understand a child's behavior what are they trying to tell us i love this question and it goes back to a series that i did on the podcast also on the blogs about the five needs areas and there are these different needs areas and when a need is not being met that's when you'll see the behavior happen the, the behavior will be used to get the need met. So you need to know those five need areas. And when a child displays a behavior, the first thing I do is go to what was the unmet need? What is the child trying to get met with the behavior? So I'm not going to go into details of the five needs areas. I'll tell you what they are, but go back and listen to previous episodes on these to really jump in. I also have a whole course I designed about how to identify these, how to recognize them, how to find evidence of them, and then what to put in place to make sure that they are met. So the behaviors stop happening. Probably one of my favorite courses. So the needs areas are sensory. So sensory and need, are they overstimulated, understimulated? Physical need, need to have attention, build attachment relationship, the need to have control, and the need 
for self-regulation or emotional regulation. If any one of those or multiple of those are not met, then kids or adults too will do something, a behavior to get the need met. So defining that helps you figure out what the need is. Once you know what the need is, then you can put an intervention in place to make sure the need is met and the behavior will eventually diminish. To wrap up our show, I'm going to share with you one of my favorite tried at home tips which is the taco squeeze. This is definitely more for younger kids, but it's so effective. When you have kids who are breaking down, who are having tantrums, it's hard to, as you know, reason with them in the moment because their logic brain is turned off, their emotional brain is turned on, and they can't really communicate well with you. So the taco squeeze is something that gets them back into their thinking brain. And what this is, is you got like a blanket in one of their blankets, you wrap it around them. You just do a quick little squeeze and you let go just a couple of seconds. And you say taco. And it's like a taco shell being wrapped around the child. And the deep pressure gives that sensory, that physical touch that they need to, to get back into their thinking brain. And, and if you introduce this before they get upset, because you should never do this when they're upset, you should first introduce it to them when they are calm, explain it, say the word taco to cue the blanket coming. And then when they're upset and they have been exposed to it when they were calm, then you can use it when they're upset because their brain will, will connect to that keyword taco and they'll associate it with a happy memory and laughing and giggling. So the humor aspect of it as well helps them get back into their thinking brain. So the taco squeeze. And that is it for today's episode of Returning to Us podcast. Remember our try it at home tip, the taco squeeze. And if you'd like me to answer your questions on a future episode, email me at podcast at thebehaviorhub.com or send a text to 717-693-7744. And lock in what you learned today by applying it right away. Easy way to do this. Leave a comment below. Let me know what your greatest takeaway is, what your thoughts are, what you've tried to change with your lighting, uh, what ideas you have for changing your lighting and subscribe to future episodes to learn more ways to hack that brain. Until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer, and thank you for joining me.